Your next 10 million is a community dedicated to folks who have achieved wealth and are looking to achieve greatness. Our interviews and discussions focus on growing your family's wealth and cash flow with investors across asset classes, but with a particular focus on housing and real estate. But there's more to growing your wealth than just capital allocation. So we try to bring you a variety of conversations and experts. Please subscribe to get notified as soon as a new episode is released. Hey guys, we have a really great episode. It's just me and Cody talking about lessons we've just learned, uh, travel, what we're planning, predictions for the real estate market, and our goals, personal and business goals for 2023. Take a listen. It's going to be a really good episode. Thank you so much. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Your Next 10 Million. Uh, I'm here with Pasha Esfandieri, who just got back from a awesome, what, uh, six week trip? Four weeks, one month, one month in Asia. Four weeks. Yeah. Oh my God. Four weeks. Um, he's back in action. He's back in LA. Um, how are you feeling, man? You're just, uh, you got back Saturday. So good to be back. I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there that just love to travel. I am about two and a half weeks and I've had my limit, right? I enjoyed every aspect of it. The bonding that I did with my father and my wife was experiences and memories I'll keep forever. But me personally, I was ready to be home. I was ready to work. I was ready to be in my routine. Yeah, I get it, man. Getting out of your routine is really hard. Do you think you'd feel differently if you did like a, uh, you know, if you summered, you know, I think is that the verb? If you if you just did a different location for a couple months, but it was only one location, it wasn't like, because you were hopping around, right? We were How many around. places did you go? We went to, I think there was like nine different destinations or like eight or nine and five different countries. Holy shit. So, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we so we went specifically because it's my dad's 80th birthday yesterday. Right. And he told me that he always wanted to go to Asia and just to like a uh, accumulation of a lot of like information, a the book Die With Zero and just really understanding myself, being able to delegate more in business, have a little bit more time, like to quantify the fact that my dad's 80. He's a very young 80, though. How many more times can I take him on trips and that he's going to be able to walk around and walk a few miles is probably less than five. Totally. It's probably like 10, but I want to put some urgency on it. And so I really wanted to take him out there selfishly because A, uh, I really want to bond with my dad. And B, he really, really wanted to see Asia. Um, And it was incredible. Uh, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You challenged me. Was it on the show that you challenged me or privately you challenged me? Um, No, I I challenged you on the show. And then privately, (laughs) privately, I challenged you again. And then it was just straight crickets. There was no, (laughs) No, just so you guys know, everyone. (laughs) I was getting on a flight. I was getting on a flight. Yeah. uh I was, I was like, Hey, Cody, by the way, I am going to keep you accountable to this. And he literally just didn't text me back (laughs) airplane or whatever. He just stopped texting me. (laughs) Usually. And usually me and Pasha talk maybe once a day, maybe once every other day, something like that. Um, And I think it was like a week and I didn't text him back. Um, But it was not, it was not on purpose. It was just a crazy, I also had my own travel, Um, not nearly as crazy as you, but uh, I think literally I, I saw your message. I was getting on a plane. I was like, Oh, I'm going to, 
right back. But I'm mm-hmm. if I don't do something in the moment, I just totally space it. But, yeah, I mean that's pretty normal. Yeah, I, I will do it with my parents. Yeah. What what if you had to take your parents somewhere or spend quality time? What would you do? Do you have an idea? Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, for sure. I uh, so my dad's never been to Europe, um, and so okay. he's done like the Americas. Um, a bunch of came visited me a couple times in South America when I lived there and, mm-hmm. uh, been to Canada a bunch in America, obviously a bunch of different States, but I don't think he's ever been to Europe. And so, um, cause it, it's a, it's a decent haul. Right. And I often, yeah. I see so many people, um, you know, not, not to knock anybody or insult anybody, but so, so many people that do like the Euro trip and they do like a week or 10 days max and they try to hit like every country, and, you know, they try to hit every country in like 10 days. And I think that's just insane. It's hard to get the culture in if, you, if you're if you really going that quick. Like you, you need to adopt to the culture for a little bit, get yeah. the vibe of it. And that takes a little bit longer than one or two days. Totally. At, or, or just like see everything, right? Like how – I bet it would take you a month in Rome to see everything, right? Um, it would take you more than a month in Paris for sure. Uh, which yeah. I know a little bit better than Rome, but I, I guess my general point is I, I think my, you know, my dad's always had a, uh, you know, he has a W two, and so, mm. you know, he's never been able to take off the time that I think you need to really do to spend in Europe. So uh, he, I think he retires in like a year. Um, so oh, next great. summer, I'm going to push him to retire a little bit early, and then next summer, if I can, um, I, I'd prefer not to delay it, but I don't, I don't think I could get him to, uh, you know, I, I got to be realistic about what I can convince him to do. But then we always do a month away, and so just bring him and my mom along for that month away yeah. with us um, instead of like the nanny for extra help. I'll just, you know, employ the grandparents. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but uh, no, I think I think they would, uh, I think they would absolutely. Um, they would go nuts, uh, particularly my dad, and I think just would love that. And they like to be outdoors. There's a lot of amazing hikes throughout Europe that I think they'd love to blast. So. Yeah. I actually was thinking about what you do a lot on my trip because something that my wife and I talk about is how we want to – if we're going to live in LA and raise our kids in LA, we want them to be cultured outside of LA and we want to sure. go and actually what you call summering uh, elsewhere. What like what is that experience for you? What do you get out of it? What, do you see any differences in your children, and how does it affect you? Just kind of give me the whole gamut. Yeah. Um, so, well, my boy's only two, uh, so I don't know. I don't know. You know, <laughs> he doesn't. But like, all right, cool. Whatever. <laughs> every year of his life, he has spent a month in Europe in the summertime uh, to get away from the Miami Heat. So when he was nine months old, we did a month in Paris, um, and then this last year. We did. Uh, we did way too much. This, I, I will start to do a single location now for sure. Uh, last year we tried to do this. This past summer we tried to do what my what what my wife and I used to do, which was to like do a couple destinations, right? Like do a couple locations, but you know, spend at least a week in each location or even longer, right? I think we were two weeks in Almafi Coast or something or or whatever, yeah. and um, uh, that was just too like for a kid that's too much. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so I, I think, um, you know, I, I don't know that I've seen any changes in him, but I would say, you know, getting him there has been crazy, but even at like nine months old being in Paris, like he's nine months old. So that, you know, you'll learn this when you have a kid, but there's very little interaction that really like you're, you're not, 
I mean, still at nine months, like there's not a ton of interaction. Like now he's two, he like talks to me, communicates, laughs, whatever, you know, we, we, we like have, it's a bi-directional kind of communication, but like the first year, you know, I think there is some communication, but it's less, let's just say it's less interactive than like a, you know, than a normal amount of communication. So I was like, is he really going to enjoy Paris? Am I just doing it for myself? And I will tell you, we went there and he was blown away by the, the Metro, by the, uh, by the, the moat, like the, uh, uh, the mopeds, um, by the motorcycles, by the, like the noise he played in, you know, uh, you know, we'd have like picnics and like Tuileries and he would like crawl around on the grass, uh, which is awesome, right? Like that's an awesome yeah, experience. That's you know, fun. I got pictures of him like crawling around in, in like Tuileries, which is, you know, the most uh, bougie uh, place to <laughs> crawl around in as a baby, right? Um, so. Well, you are bougie. Yeah, so. yeah, right. <laughs> um, so anyway, I don't know. I, I love it. Um, I'm also, you know, I spoke with, I, t- I think I mentioned this to you privately. I spoke with a guy who's, if not a billionaire, damn near close. Um, and uh, uh, very, very well off um, uh, LA developer, actually. Um, uh, although they've recently uh, exited. But uh, he said, you know, he said like his kids obviously grew up, you know, pretty well off. Um, although he's a cool story and has like a lot of ups and downs. But he was telling me that probably the best thing they did for their kids was to get out of LA every summer. And so they, they, they had like a lake house somewhere in the Midwest. I don't want to give away too much because, right. you know, I don't want to uh, break confidentiality, but um, they had a lake house somewhere in the Midwest and it was like a small town, super normal people, you know, and just getting out of, and, and I worry about that with Miami as well. Um, and LA, right. you have the same thing, you know, kids growing up in New York city, same thing. Um, you know, and I, I just, I feel there is, uh, I'll send you a cool study, but there are so many benefits to kids being, um, you know, being outside of their normal environment, being in more normal environments. Um, I think in particular, what we are going to gear our lives towards over the next couple of summering things that we do is being in areas where, yes, we have access to maybe a city or an area, but we want to be we want to be in locations where we have a lot of nature. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot that goes into like kids growing up well grounded that are connected with nature. Interesting. Yeah, you you're gonna have to send me that um, that re- report. I, I want to read that because that's something that me and my wife have been thinking about already. We want to be in nature. We want to experience different cultures. If we end up staying in LA, which is for us really hard to get out because I live right next to my brother and my nephews and my father and our community. Um, But do we want our children to be raised in the big city of LA and exposed to all the different things that come with a big city? No. Yeah. (laughs) Just, just no. Yeah. so yeah, send me that report. I'm really super interested in it. What what do you get out of going somewhere? You personally? Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you quickly, and then we should probably dive into you because I think it's a little more fresher. Uh, okay. More sure. fresh. More fresher. More fresher. It's, it's like fresher. a grocery store. Yeah, it's fresher. Sure. Fresh, fresher yeah. market. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, um, for me, it's like a reset. So I also like, I I, I think I do well in a city but I really thrive in nature. Um, but I also, 
I, I grew up in an area with, you know, they say more cows than hats, right? There were, there are more cows in my town than people, um, growing up. Right. So I'm, I mean, I don't know if this is just me because I'm from the mountains and from like a small town, but I, I really, you know, I really enjoy being in nature. Um, and I really need to be in nature. Um, so I, yeah. So, so anyways, I, that's, that's got it. Like for me being like stepping away, being away from Miami, being away from the city, um, you know, uh, in particular and just being away from like everyday life. Um, it like pulls you back out. I, I also, I really love what happens when I fly. I don't know if you have the same thing. Like when I, when I'm on an airplane, you know, there's something really special that happens to like, I don't know, my creativity or my, I, I don't know. It just, I'm, it, I just step out of everyday life and, um, you know, it's, it's, it becomes, it becomes magic. Um, yeah, so. it is. It is pretty magical on this. I, I tend to read a whole lot on planes and I just journal. I journal so much on planes. All the creativity just juice like flows out onto my, to my notepad. Um, same with my wife too. So I don't know. That's great. I mean, yeah, I love that. I think for me too, if it wasn't for my wife to force me on these types of vacations, I probably typically wouldn't because it's so easy to get stuck into the willingly stuck into the just everyday life i love the sure. routine i'm a homebody i enjoy uh doing this but what i the there's a lot of big takeaways but just on a like a really big overall scale for me going to asia it was so good to get away and have the time zones different uh than everybody else right because there was only like a two-hour gap where we could i could really communicate with a lot of people before it gets to evening or business and, and whatnot I really found myself being really attracted to just reading obsessively. I just wanted to read all day long and all the things that I am interested in, like human psychology, oh, yeah. why why we do what we do, like all these different biases and patterns in humans and things that I've always been really interested in. I've just, I was just reading and reading. And then it really reignited, uh, my passion for nature because we went to Haolong Bay out of Vietnam and we went on like a night cruise which we saw some of the most beautiful scenery I'm getting chills even uh, talking about it I just felt so small and it was just so serene and then to go to the Fifi Islands off of Phuket in Thailand which is kind of similar to Haolong Bay I just like just to be the blown away by the beauty that this earth really possesses. That was incredible for me. And I just said, Oh wow. Like I really need to do more of this and really got to reconnect with um, myself and what I like and my hobbies outside of work. Right. I highly, highly enjoy working, but I have discovered that I, I love running. Well, now that my back is better for my procedure, working out the lifestyle, being active. And it's just like a really good reset on all facets for me. Totally. Which is great. I think sometimes like when you're working and like goals and you can be like, you know, not you, but I think in general people, you get really partially, I think you maybe get like singularly minded. And so you just, you know, you get tunnel vision. Um, And then I think the other thing possibly uh, you know, we were talking about this a little while ago, but just, you know, when you're working day to day, like sometimes you're just 
bombarded by so much, uh, you know, so much data and it's not like helpful data. It's just noise, but there's so much noise that's being thrown at you. You know, if you're sitting in, you know, five hours of meetings a day, it's just a bombardment of noise and it's hard to, it's hard to really step out of that and have, you know, and, and have kind of that, that clear focus and time or, you know, passion to be, to, to do something like, you know, like the, to have all that time to read. Um, so I'm, I'm a big proponent. I, I think that's amazing when you're on a different time zone. Um, you know, Europe, I always love the mornings because like no one's bothering me. There's no text messages. Right. There's no calls. There's no emails, nothing happening from, you know, from, you know, 6 a.m. when I'm up until like 1 p.m. in the afternoon uh, or so. And that's that's also uh, really powerful. So I, 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 I think uh, I think it's great to have that type of reset. Yeah. It was, it was, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And then there was, you know, not only just that, I just enjoyed the lifestyle, right? Like, and so I, I made a new challenge with myself and I grabbed some other uh, people into it where, you know, I've been three months, no alcohol and no alcohol on this trip whatsoever. I'm going to continue that for 2023, running two miles per day and then reading 12 books. I mean, I'm going to listen to audible books, like, but those, those are super easy to get through. Yeah but to actually read 12 books this year. And so I want to create a like, these are, this is what a, uh, like a lifestyle challenge. This is not like a fast impact, short duration. Cause those don't usually last until like, once you're done with that challenge, you're just done. So I like to create lifestyle challenges, habit, creative challenges. So I'm doing that. And then some other things that I got from it, some of like the, on a more personal level, uh, lessons that I got was just that we as humans, we just make so many uh, reactionary um, uh, effects. Like someone texts me, you could just text back really easily without really thinking things through. Uh, with your spouse, you you know, she could say something and it triggers you and you just react. And some of the books that I'm reading and the lessons kind of I'm coming back to is like, how do I become less emotional? and become non-reactionary and then to just really kind of focus on the logical part of the brain and then really talk things through right yeah. and which and to give things to the time and then that that progresses into another big lesson is that i've i just kind of, i don't know how to describe it but now i've changed my view on the phone and i think the phone is evil because i realized hmm. when i couldn't have the phone in asia and be connected with everybody all of my creativity that I love came back to me. Creativity meaning, you know, I want to be active. I want to read yeah. more. I want to, I want to study more. And it's the phone for me, at least, hmm. that it gives me that those dopamine hits and the addiction of the phone. And I just, I just ignore it now. If I'm doing something, I just ignore it. I know I can get back to it. It's never going to be that important. Totally. Nothing really is. So those are the big lessons that I got from Asia. And then just just the fact that I got to spend time with my dad and hear stories because I forced stories out of him. Sure. You know, uh, I, that was great. You know, you know what I think a lot of the things that you mentioned, it comes down to, uh, you know, we were talking about a little bit is like, uh, you know, I think, I think our modern life is just so filled with noise. Um, yep. that, 
you know, it's it's hard to find signal and all that noise, right? Um, and the phone is noise. The you know the emails are noise. The daily you know daily life is is noise. And I think that uh, you know, especially especially as investors, um, you know, and at the level that we're trying to operate at at this point, right? Like you know, we talk about a lot. You can you can grind for so long, and that gets you so far, but. Uh, you know, now the best things that you can be doing with your time are, you know, are, are, are finding signal through the noise, um, are, you know, clearly thinking about things, are reading, writing, making a few incredibly high impact decisions, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, and, 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 and putting great teams in place. Right. Um, and so I think, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of power. You know, it's interesting as 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 like you know, Chat GPT and all this stuff has been all the rage for a while, right? And it's, I'd I'd love to get your views on that too. Yeah, uh, keep going. Uh, yeah, Sorry, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I'm happy to talk about. it. I have conflicting conflicting feelings and thoughts, but I do think we're tr- we're trending towards a a world where a lot of like this whole knowledge worker, um, you know, world is is gonna. You know, I think there is a I don't think it's going to happen as fast as I think a lot of people are predicting because they've seen this amazing new technology. But I do, I do think that is a trend that'll continue. And I've been surprised at, um, you know, for example, I thought art was off limits, right? I was like, you know, okay, AI is going to do what, you know, industrialization did, which, you know, industrialization replaced a lot of, you know, perhaps factory workers, but those factory workers became knowledge workers and, you know, it's, right. et cetera. So, and, and I, and I kind of foresaw, um, that happening uh but you know quite honestly when i saw dolly i was like oh shit you know like it's creating fucking art now um and like like i i don't know if it's good art i'm not an art critic by any means Mm. um so i'm sure you do get a bunch of art critics that'd be like oh it's garbage but i mean it look i can't draw that well um so (laughs) yeah i haven't even seen that or or even heard about dolly Dolly? okay yeah it's it's i mean obviously it's kind of a play on on like wally and 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 salvador dolly so uh, yep so anyways um but you know, so I, I would say a bunch of my kind of initial thoughts have been upended, and that I do think that knowledge work and like a lot of the work that's being done right now, um, you know, and, and and these things move at such a fast pace. It's probably faster. It's probably faster than we prepared for, but it's not as fast as everyone's probably calling for or predicting online. I mean, nothing right. ever is right. Um, but. I do think that, you know, so I do think that where you'll really be able to set yourself apart is, you know, is in this world where every other human being is so like, is so highly addicted to the noise and to the phones and to, you know, and, and follows the same mimetic patterns as everyone else. I think the more, you know, if you can stay connected enough to work in the modern in modern society, right? Not move away to a uh, to a lodge in the middle of nowhere and not have an internet mm-hmm. connection. But if you can stay connected enough to do work in modern society, but stay disconnected enough to clearly think, make good, independent decisions, um, I think that will be a um, I think that will be a distinguishing factor, especially as something like ChatGPT takes over, because ChatGPT is just learned behavior. It's just learning, right? It's, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Um, at the end of the day, um, it is. 
it is learning. It is not independently thinking. Um, so it is able to absorb massive amounts of information and contextualize it and it has instant recall, et cetera. Um, and it's able to be creative enough to, to, to understand what your question you're asking and to apply the knowledge it's learned. But it is, you know, but it, it, it is not so far kind of independently thinking and it, 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 it is, it's not making the kind of those clear decisions. So I, I don't know if that's kind of a little bit of a tangent, but I do, I do think yeah. there's something there. Like when you read Calvin Newport's digital minimalism, if you read his deep work, a lot of, you know, his book, deep work, a lot of his, um, you know, focus is in this world where we're surrounded by the noise, the key differentiating factor of how you create value in this world is going to be the person that's not, absorbed by all that noise and can, you know, can do the deep work and can independently think and has a clear, a clear, you know, is a clear thinker. So, man, there's, there's just so much to learn from what you just said. And I think if you're a business owner and you're listening to this podcast, if you're not already doing that, where you're able to go away and have thinking time for yourself and think high level, you're just going to be in the minutia every single time. And I got that also from Asia, obviously, there's a bunch of things and the clarity I got on all my business goals and what to do to be able to plan out my next three, four, five moves in advance to know where we're headed and whatnot is incredibly important. And if you're not already doing that, you need to go and take some time, whether that's even two or three days and disconnect from the phone and and be like at a staycation somewhere you need to go do that as a business owner i think it's vitally important that you make better bigger decisions and get yourself out of the minutia every single time yeah totally yeah. man that's awesome man i'm I mean, i'm really I, i'm i know travel is rough uh as we were just talking about but um i'm sure you're i'm sure you're happy you went yeah i mean i'm i'm so i'm so happy that i went the the experiences and the memories that I built is what I'm going to remember later on when I'm on my deathbed, right? That's what I'm going to remember when, I hate to even say it, when my father passes away, that's what I'll remember. Um, it's not the minutia of the work that I, I love and the routine and whatnot. So it was incredible. I'm glad I did it. I'm going to do it again. Uh, my wife and I, were going to go to Europe uh, for five weeks in the summer um, and kind of, and do it a little differently or we'll stay for a week somewhere and then kind of bounce around because it's just us still. So that's cool, man. I'm, uh, yep. um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's especially, I think you get a different type of clarity when you have kids, but, um, but you know, it introduces a whole another set of chaos. So it is, yep. it is enjoy <laughs> this, enjoy this kind of moment of, uh, of, of peace. And, uh, I will, yeah, well, less. well, I got good news on that front too. Uh, for anyone who listens and, and knows me, um, March 15th is our date for our surrogacy. Everything is clear. Wow. We are good to go. We're going to do a double embryo transfer, uh, and which happens to be her birthday. And then my birthday is on March 17th. So we're going to celebrate our birthdays together. Super stoked. So I cannot wait. Cool, man. Yeah. That's, uh, that's exciting. So what would it be? It'd be like a December baby? December, November, when you have twins um, and we're, we're aiming for twins, it's, it usually comes a little bit earlier. So it's going to be November or December, we're, cool. we're, you know, around that time. Yeah. Awesome. And my, my, uh, my son, we found out he was pregnant in, or found out, sorry, found out he was pregnant. We found he out, was pregnant, yeah, huh? we found out we were going to have him. <laughs> sorry. My wife was pregnant with him. Um, yeah. Like right when, 
they announced lockdowns in Miami, which is like March. Oh, wow, yeah. So we actually got pregnant at the same, same, about the same time you guys are going to get pregnant. And um, and yeah, we had them end of November. So Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a beautiful segue into one thing I know we wanted to talk about. I wanted to know your goals for 2023. What, <laughs> what are you thinking? What are you going to try to accomplish? What will you accomplish? Yeah. Let me rather say that. Um, and we'll go from there. Yeah. So, um, my big, you know, our big goal this year is to, uh, well, I would say there are two kind of big goals in our business. One, you know, we think this is going to be a good year for acquisitions. Last year was a really bad year for acquisitions because of lack of price discovery. So this year, um, this year we're raising a, uh, you know, we're raising a, a, a small capital sponsor fund and uh, we'll be um, through a combination of that along with some larger LPs and family offices, institutions, awesome. our goals to uh, deploy about $50 million in equity um, awesome. across four or five deals. Um, so obviously we, uh, we're, we're fine if that rolls into the following year. You know, if, if price discovery doesn't happen and we don't feel like we have good deals, we won't do bad deals. I mean, we proved that last year um, when we had mm-hmm. equity on the sidelines, but um, but just couldn't make deals. You know, couldn't make deals pencil and couldn't find a yeah. couldn't find a market with sellers. Um, but that is our goal. Uh, we'd really like to do that. Um, we are also like formalizing, kind of. You know, we have hired a kind of lieutenant, so to speak, a, a VP of asset management from, uh, you know, from a large, large uh, comp- competing private equity firm um, who's like brought a lot of institutional expertise to our asset management, construction management side of our business. Um, and we are doing the same thing on our acquisition side and on our investor relations. And so we'll have kind of, you know, I was say like there's kind of three legs of the stool of real estate development or private equity or whatever you want to call it right mm-hmm. and there, it's deal flow so acquisitions it's capital so equity and it, equity and debt and then it's uh you know and then it's operating right and operating being a, a, a what i feel is like a, a, an overlooked key and that's the first one we hired for um but now we're going to hire the other kind of two lieutenants that'll be kind of Eat the heads of each of those three legs, um, and hopefully bring uh, you know continued more professionalism to our group. So those are kind of the big business goals. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, I mean on the on the personal side, personal side, I'm really working to kind of on the personal. A lot of the stuff I'm looking at, I'm looking at like habits. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I do have a an end state kind of in mind. But I'm also, what I've found for me personally is that I do better with goals when I like, when I, I do better things when it's like, uh, you know, when I'm, I'm focused on like trying to achieve a habit. And I know the habit over time will achieve the end state. And so yep. I, that's kind of what I'm focusing on um, in my personal life. So well, what, yeah. what are the habits that you're trying to create? What is the end goal yeah, so, that you're trying to create? Up at 5.30 every day, um, which gives me about an hour and a half to kind of start my day before my son wakes up. And then I got mm-hmm. like an hour with my son and then, you know, it's off to the races for work. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and obviously we have time after work as well. But um, 
but just to kind of be a little bit more disciplined, I think for a while there, I was like kind of, I'm a morning person in general, but I was sleeping in until my son would wake up and I wasn't getting to bed, you know, on, on the right time. So up early and really sticking to a great morning routine, um, getting, uh, you know, getting a, a tennis lesson and a golf lesson in a week. Um, you know, partly that's nice. health, but partly that's just right. also improving skills that I'm trying to get better at. And, uh, it's a little something for me. I don't do a lot for myself these days, it seems like. So, uh, so that's kind of like a little bit of, is that a Florida thing? Like the tennis and golf thing? Is that just kind of what everybody does in Florida? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, yes. Um, I guess. Yeah. Can you send us a picture of you and your tight, like white tidy whiteies in your tennis with a headband? I, yeah, I, like, I, I don't have a headband, <laughs> but um, but I will get one just for the show. Great, um, I love it. Yeah, and then like you know, just getting you know four times of weightlifting, you know, strength mm, training great. in a week, you know, in a week. So some stuff like that. Um, but then like also stuff like you know, making sure I have like just a a dedicated day each week where it's just like, you know, daddy Sunday. So, uh, you know, every, every Sunday, it's just me and my son, we do soccer practice and then we go to the park and then we go see the fire fire uh, station and he sees the fire trucks and then we go to brunch together. Um, and we basically spend the whole, whole, all of Sunday, just me and him um, gives my wife a break, but also like, I, I love having the time with him. So like routines like that, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to get a lot better about, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, my, my, my routine as far as like writing. So getting mm-hmm. writing and uh, l- largely even just for our investors, right? Like what we're seeing in the marketplace. So I'm trying to get, have some time dedicated to writing. Um, like you, I'm also, it's easy to get caught up in, you know, news articles on my phone or Twitter. I, I, like there's a really great retweet uh, retweet community, like real estate Twitter community that I love. Right. And there's so much interesting data, but you can just drown in that data and you're just like treading water. You're not making any forward progress. And that can be like a really bad way to spend time. It can like suck up your time. So I'm trying to spend my evenings instead of, you know, instead of getting sucked into that, um, mm-hmm. yeah, with, you know, have, have my head in a book. I'm still reading, right? Like it's the same activity, but the medium is totally different and totally more focused. And, you know, to your point earlier, I think brings a lot of clarity. So those are, you know, those are some of the kind of the big things, um, you know, on my list, obviously the, the, the summer vacation in nature, that's like a less of a habit. That's like a, but, but it, not even a goal. It's just part of, you know, what we've done every year for a long time. But it's something I look forward to every year. It's something I plan every year. I'm being very conscious of like picking a great location this year because we're just going to do one location. Um, yeah. So I haven't figured out like last year we did Tusk, you know, for we we only had a couple of days in Tuscany on our yeah. road trip from Como down to Almafi. Um, but I, I really liked it because we were in nature. We were in the farmland. My son was like running around. It was like actually the best time he had and it was unfortunate because we only spent like a couple days there um but you were also 15 minutes from florence so i'm trying to figure out a good spot like that so either either we'll just do that spot or i'll figure out something else but i'm trying to find a spot where it's like we'll be in nature but then still have a little bit of access you know for for me and my wife to like you know have do 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 something in nightlife etc so yeah so I, it's not a, necessarily a goal as much as it is like something I'm planning and looking forward to throughout the year. So I think that's some of the, those are some of the big things. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. On your, on your health stuff, do you have like a um, measurable result? Like, do you want to get to like 18% body fat or a certain weight or you just want to be in the habit is kind of what I'm hearing or is there like a measurable goal that you want to get to? As, as far as health? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, health, my big thing is like, you know, it's probably getting down to my fighting weight. So, um, and like figuring out, figuring out how to like keep that consistent. Um, so I probably have like a solid 20 pounds of, you know, 20 pounds of extra body weight I've packed yeah. on. When you say fighting weight, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it's like a, it's like a <laughs> boxing term. It's like, Got it. yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to get down to, uh, uh, I want to get down to like where I feel the most comfortable and it's probably like, it's probably a solid 20 pounds. I, after college started working, like, I think it's the sedentary lifestyle, right? Like working it's, in an yeah. office. Um, and also like, quite frankly, I think, you know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like there are no, the, like I don't have any budgetary limitations. So if I want to eat out every night, I can eat out every night. Yeah. Right. Like, so, mm-hmm. um, and that's not, obviously that's, you know, I, I know, I know that sounds like a, uh, you know, a ridiculous thing to say, but it, it is right. Like, so like, there's no, it's there's no like fact of the matter. Yeah. It, it's not like, Oh, I should, I should make dinner tonight because, because of, you know, this monetary concern, because, you know, I can't keep eating out every night. It's going to blow my budget. I don't, like I don't have that limitation. And so it's so easy to like the end of the day, just be like, Oh fuck it. Like it's just Uber eats or whatever. Right. Right. Um, but it's so bad. You know, I, I know that adds to it as well. So really just maintaining the activity, making sure I'm eating at home as much as possible. Um, and kind of, you know, getting back down to, uh, you know, back down to, uh, I, I, what I feel like is a better fitness level. Um, so I feel better and look better and, uh, you know, just feel better about myself. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I love your goals. I'm going to keep you accountable to them. Cool. Uh, and, and when I text you, don't ghost me. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I swear, man. I, 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 I apologize. It was, uh, yeah. it's, been a, it's been a, when I say this, I feel so guilty because you've obviously had a much crazier start to the year, but it's been a crazy start to the year. Yeah, and, I get uh, it. I'm, I'm really hoping things slow down a little bit. I, I, I really, uh, I'd like to move at a slower pace. So how about you? What uh, yeah. what are your twenty twenty three goals, and how do you think about goals? Because I, you know, like I said, I have some, I have some goals of things I want to accomplish in the business, but then like the rest of the things, I kind of look at like habits I want to build. How do you look yeah. at goals, and and how do you think about it? I every year, um, I love setting goals. I do a theme for the year. Like, what is what is the big overall theme that I want to work mentally? Right? Because there's there's things that I want to incorporate in my life and things I want to take out of my life, right? So my theme this year, it ha- I haven't formulated uh, conducively into one exact thing yet, but here's the kind of hodgepodge of what I'm thinking right now. One of them is to just stop being addicted to the phone and stop having it out. And in addition to stack on top of that, to be more Zen. And what I mean by more Zen is just um, thinking things through a little bit more and not being so reactionary. Because once uh, I learned about that, there's just so many things that we do and the brain is actually designed to just be reactionary so it doesn't uh, use too much of your uh, capacity. And so it's like the right brain and left brain. And so just to be more Zen and to think things through, uh, there's this term in poker, I guess this might be a good way 
to look at it. It's kind of what we were talking about previously about being in the minutia of your business every single day, right? There's this term in poker about leveling yourself. When you're in the minutia and you think about something too much and you get too much information, you can trick yourself into making the wrong decision instead of just backing up and making a clearer decision. Like, for example, this person never bluffs. So why with all the information do I think this person's going to bluff? And you can level yourself into thinking that this guy's going to bluff when you really just kind of know if you really take a step back, like, hey, this person never bluffs. He just probably made a weird pattern and is tricking uh, or played his uh, the his pattern wrong, right? So that he's trying to trick you, basically. And so I want to not level myself in the sense that I want to be more zen. I want to process information a little bit slower um, and really things think very high level um, and execute that way. So that's my theme for the year, my mindset that I want to go into it. Also with my relationships to be that way, because I notice the busier I get, and I, I realize this with my father, and this is what sparked this theme, is when I was with my father every day uh, here in LA, uh, my, my mind is on work, my mind is on something else. I'm not really with him. I'm here physically, but not presently. And so that is the best way to describe it is just to be present with everything that comes my way, present with the relationships I have in my life, putting the phone away because that blocks my presence with people. Um, and to be able to turn off that toggle of, hey, I'm, I'm with this person, I'm with my father, I'm with my wife, I'm with this whatever event I'm doing, I can get to the phone later, or I can think about that later. And just so that's kind of my theme overall. That's my mindset. And then yeah. with uh and then with personal goals, um, health is always just gonna be number one. Now that I can run, I'll 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 run two two miles per day just to get active. Um, and then so about 10 miles uh, per week on in addition to all my workouts, my strength training three days a week, Pilates two days a week, which by the way, Pilates as a guy is rough. I went earlier today, it is tough. Are you sore um, afterwards? Yeah, you get sore the next day. But How it's so good weird for, would I feel going to a Pilates class? Oh, dude, you would be, <laughs> you, would, you would, that's actually a funny visual. You would be like, what the hell is going on? It puts you in some compromising positions and like, but it is, it's tough and it is so good for your back and, and your core. So I'm doing it because obviously I have a bad back. Yeah, cool. Um, I want to get to 14% body fat and to realize that it's a lifestyle. I kept like going on vacation be like, oh, I'll give you my routine when I get home. So no, it's, it's just, I'm always going to be running um, and maintaining. So that's my personal goals. Cool. Also to just, to take all of my friends onto one-on-one -on -one, like hangouts more and to get into the weeds. I usually am just a community builder. And so, but we always have 10, 15 people around anytime we do. And so it doesn't allow for like deep, deep connection. And then with my business goals, um, it's it's quite easy. We have the goal of hitting a thousand pads this year. I don't know how realistic that is because of how hard it is to find a good deal right now. Yeah. And like you, I will not go just buy a deal to buy a deal. Even though we have money sitting on the sidelines, we have investors ready to go. But it's just hard right now. So I actually don't know how that's going to go. I love your idea with what you're doing of creating the fund and having the equity ready because you want to bounce on those deals that you can. Um, so those are the overall goals. And, and then just to be, uh, I really love this podcast. And so 
that's one of the the, the goals too, is just to keep doing this and, and growing this. Totally. Um, yeah. That that was a little sidetrack, but with Evoke, we're gonna, you know, complete out the rest of the fund this year, uh, purchase a thousand units and make some more key hires. We just actually hired one more person earlier uh yesterday. And so just to grow it out and grow all the efficiencies inside of the systems. So the back end and all that. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. You guys, um, you guys in particular have like kind of interesting economics because you also, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you you also self manage. You're vertically integrated, right? We're vertically integrated. That yeah. was a, that's another uh, goal. Is I want to keep becoming vertically integrated. I'm not going to share with how I'm going to attack that just yet, but I cool. have initiated for us to become more vertically integrated. But we self manage. The reason being is being in mobile home parks. Uh, it is really hard to find a good property manager yeah. that knows what they're doing and also is willing to uh, do the just the hard work. And mobile home parks up front are just a pain in the ass. I got news but for you. It's hard. That, it's hard. It's hard for a multifamily guy too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the property know. managers, they all suck. Um, they all suck. Yeah. I, the property manager I have in, 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 in Wichita uh, – Lately, the numbers have been going down. We're kind of like, we're trying to ask for my personal portfolio. But yeah, it's not easy. Like right now, real estate's not the easiest, but it's also not hard at the same time. Sure. Um, which I am curious to see what what your outlook for real estate is, especially in multifamily because you're the multifamily expert, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, I appreciate the consideration, uh, but I think if anybody... If I, if I, if I, uh, if anybody listened to me as far as what I think I'd be predicting, um, you know, they'd be an idiot. <laughs> I, I don't know what's coming. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that markets are often irrational and we have a lot of short term challenges on the horizon. But I think over long term, uh, you know, over the long term, the fundamentals are there in our space. I mean, we are class B multifamily guys. And so, you know, fundamentally, there's no new supply coming online. It's kind of like what yep. you guys are with like your as a space. Because um, you can build for $250,000 a unit pretty much nationwide, right? Like that's that's the best you're going to do. Uh, maybe two twenty five, But if you build for that, you got two options, right? You can either, um, you can either charge, uh, you, sorry, you can either do government subsidized affordable housing Right. Because and then, uh, you know, and, and then you can rent out to folks, but those folks have to make less than whatever, you know, percentage of AMI is um, of average median income of the area. Yep. Or you can build for two twenty five, two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars and you can rent out for twenty two hundred twenty three hundred dollars, you know, maybe two then down to two thousand. But your 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 folks have to make eighty thousand dollars a year. So there's just no product for like middle America. 55 to 65,000 median household income, which is like a massive chunk of the bell curve. Um, Mm -hmm. There's no new product coming online. And so fundamentally, I feel very good about things, but I can tell you that, you know, household formation is going to massively slow in the face of a recession. Um, I, you know, I mean, I I don't know what's coming, but, you know, high rates and uh, PAL has said higher for longer. And continues to say so um, because he wants to invoke, uh, you know, Volcker and not what happened right. in the 70s where, 
you know, inflation popped back up its ugly head. So I think we're going to have higher rates, even in the face of a slowing economy. Um, and that's going to be a challenging environment, um, you know, for businesses of all shapes and sizes. But at the end of the day, you know, like I said, I believe in the fundamentals. People always need housing. They always need shelter. Um, you know, the labor market is not showing cracks yet. Um, so labor is still strong. So, I mean, as long as you don't have maturity risk, um, you know, maturity risk or interest rate risk uh, over the course of the next tw- you know, 12 months, I think you'll do well on operating your deals. Um, however, you know, you can probably expect to see some softness in rents. I don't think, you know, I don't think rents are going to massively decline. They, they never have historically. Um, but you probably see some softness you probably see some softness in household formation, which brings to softness and occupancy. But, you know, if you don't have the cushion to absorb it, you know, the softness I'm talking about, um, you know, you probably, you probably operating on pretty thin margins. Um, and you know, as far as deals, I don't think, you know, I'm going to call something here that's going to be a little bit controversial, but I don't think you're going to see massive amounts of distress. I think you're going to see spots of distress. Um, uh, you know, you're going to see spots of distress in some particular deals where they had some maturity risk or they counted on, you know, they they counted on taking out their bridge debt into three and a half percent refinancing. Um, and they, you know, so I think you're going to see some spots of distress, but I think there's also a lot of fulcrum and you know risk or you know rescue capital available to sit in the pref stack. Um, there's a lot of capital waiting on the sidelines, and quite yes, frankly, you is. only see real broad distress across the market when you see um, you know when you see when you see four sellers and a lack of liquidity. And you'll probably see some forced sellers, but I don't know that you'll see some lack, you know, lack of liquidity. So I think there'll be some spot opportunities, um, you know, probably towards the, you know, throughout this year, probably getting better towards the end of the year um, with maturity sitting. But I'm, so I'm optimistic that we're going to be able to take advantage of some of that. But I don't think, you know, if you're expecting 2008, 2009, I think, I think yeah, you're in, yeah, you're insane. I think you're insane. I, so. I think you're insane. I'm going to say yeah. that too. I think you're insane if you're thinking that. Yeah. I know it's like fresh in everybody's mind and, but it's not, it's just not going to happen that way. I don't think, I think there's too much liquidity sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. And unless, unless something just fucks that liquidity, right. Um, Pardon my French, but uh, you know, unless unless something <laughs> goes nuts and all of a sudden that liquidity dry, shrivels up, um, but I just don't, you know, I just don't see it um, yet. Uh, I don't see any signs of it yet. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think if you buy on good fundamentals, I think this is going to be a year where you get some softening opportunities that you can buy at, but not some massive distress. I mean, we've already seen, you know, the peak was crazy. But we've already seen prices fall 15, 20% um, because no one can, you know, no one can get into too big of, uh, you know, leverage. But yeah, I, you know, but, I, but, and so maybe a little bit more softening and some good opportunities on good fundamentals, but I don't think anything major. What about, yeah. uh, what about you on the mobile home space? Um, you know, that's your area of expertise. What are you seeing? What do you, what do you, you know, if you were to call your shop for 2023, what do you think, uh, what do you think is going to happen? Shit. I, I- I don't, <laughs> I don't know right now. All I can tell you is what's in front of me right now is this. If you have mobile home parks, I think we're fine. We just did a stress test on all of our properties. We're still, we did, we, this is a cool stat. We're still uh, 5% uh, across our portfolio 
of average medium income to what our lot rents are for wow. all of our market. Yeah. And if even if you okay, you say, okay, it's low income, you just have it, you're still at 10% where the average American is paying 32%. So even if you have the the medium income uh, for our markets, you're at 10% lot rent. So we have space to grow. The problem for us right now is finding deals. Yeah. It like which is just not enough inventory and there's not enough sellers who are motivated yet. So I don't know what's going to happen. I know that one of the our business goals we're building out the um, direct to seller uh, component of our business from now on because it's going to be such a struggle and we have so much capital to place and we just can't. I, I don't have I don't like making predictions and I just don't know. Which right now there's not enough deals. I I am starting to see though slowly that sellers are starting to get creative with their financing and willing to do more seller financing. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm starting to see. And I am just seeing- But they still want their price. They still want their price. Yeah. They still want them <laughs> where they're at, which is okay, yep. because sometimes you can get really good deals with the, the terms right. of the financing. Um, totally. But that's what we're seeing right now. I don't know what's going to happen in six months. Um, from what I've been told from every broker, is that they expect to see a lot more inventory within the next four or five, six months. But yeah, we'll see. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think I think super similar, man. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see. I think I think I think this is why it's important, though. You know, it's hard. I I don't think we should be making short duration bets on long duration assets. Right. I agree. So I think we buy on good fundamentals. Um, buy on good fundamentals, hold for long periods of time, and uh, you know, stick true to those good fundamentals. Right. And I stick. I see. Uh, I see times like this in markets or anywhere as opportunities. Like I'm going to keep buying because I know in 10 years from now, the assets that we buy, we're going to be very thankful that we bought now. So. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, have you ever been disappointed about something that you held for 10 years? Not no. Ever. Never. <laughs> so, ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I've never regretted anything I've held onto. Me neither. Um, so. There are plenty of things where like I've underperformed on like the first year, second year expectations. Mm -hmm. Then by like year three, four or five, I'm like, holy cow, this thing has exploded. Um, right. and it's always over. It, I mean, almost always overperforms over the long run. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Cool, man. Um, I know we got to run. Uh, this is a great uh, catch up episode. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to keep you accountable with all your goals. Awesome, man. All right, brother. All right. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us today. We think it's an absolute no-brainer that hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app will help you on your journey to your next 10 million.